1: The doctor is in. Hey, Dr. Batar, was it last week we were together at the best answer for cancer in San Diego? Was it a week ago? It
0: seems like it was. Uh, yeah, it was a week ago. Well, so it seems like it was
1: longer than that. Well, it feels like it was a lifetime ago. There's so much that happened since that time. I, I, you know, I, I had more more travel trips as well since then. and I'm, I'm sure you have too. But. My gosh, what a, what a weekend we had! Though it was great reunion with you, and got a lot of good stuff done together. You met a lot of good folks. A lot of good folks met you as well. And uh, I tell you, the outcome of that, I, I'm I'm impressed with the uh, the interaction with the doctors there. They seem sincere in wanting to learn.
0: Yeah, they did, and I uh, I thought it was a great conference too. But you're right. You know, it's strange. usually things feel like it was just yesterday, and it happened a while ago. But this does feel like it was a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago, and and yet, it was only last week. That's true Strange.
1: That tells me the uh, the uh, time, uh, whatever we call it, has, sp- has sped up again. Because. <laughs> It, it just feels, yeah. yeah, it's a time where we feel like uh, we, we've lived uh, a month or two in a week this past week. That was the sense we both had here. Now, I want to I open with you on this article because you sent it to me. I, I don't think Super Don included it in the notes today, but we can always add it, Super D. Uh, it was about connecting the dots between insulin resistance, unhealthy blood vessels, and cancer. And I reviewed that and sent you my response, and you said exactly, too. And we had a good time because I was so excited to get you connected with my buddy Chris Barr, who I've known for many years, and he's done a lot of research uh, through the literature over decades and decades. It seems to have, you know, passed by most eyes. And, you know, I said this this whole uh, study, which was interesting, about insulin resistance – they, ne- they really negate mineral deficiencies in this. And that's tr- pretty much an allopathic medical view of the world. We want to look at mechanisms. We want to look at genes. We want to see how what we learn from those things can develop into a drug somehow to get beyond what they call resistance to insulin. And what we've learned, at least here and with our buddy Chris, is that it isn't so much a resistance to insulin, it's a lack of chromium to offload the sugar or load the sugar back into the insulin molecule, molecules for carrier for carrying capacity.
0: It's it's an issue with sugar. That's exactly what it is. And I I have felt for a very long time, uh, whether it's intuitive or whether it's observational or a combination of both, and in fact, uh, in the last 10 years, the science has validated this, that it all comes down to a sugar issue, where sugar causes not only the resistance of the body's ability to deal with insulin, but also uh, causes many uh, of the cascades that are necessary in order for cancer to start. So we know cancer is an obvious glucose metabolizer. We know that we, everybody recognizes that the body needs sugar to run. It's a fuel. But what people don't understand is sugar is also, it's kind of like oxygen. You need it to survive, but it's oxygen that also causes the oxidative process and the rusting process. The sugar is needed to run the body, but it's actually high levels of sugar that cause a detriment to the system that lead to these chronic diseases of cardiovascular disease and cancer, which represent together eighty percent of causes of all deaths on our planet. This includes homicide, suicide, natural disasters, wars, and all other disease processes combined. Mm-hmm.
1: What are what are the balancing factors? If we talk about uh, sugar in the absence of minerals, particularly chromium, or maybe say oxygen in the absence of antioxidants, you've got an unmitigated disaster.
0: Well, that's true. So you know, the first thing is we, we can talk about the deficiency of minerals, and and you know that I'm that that's, that's uh, something. Close to my heart, and I, you know, dealing with taking out metals out of the body, putting minerals back. I've always <laughs> said minerals are as important, if not more important, than taking the metals out. But but really, before we even talk about the deficiency of chromium, Robert, we need to talk about the dietary intake of sugars. Of course, and I think that's where the problem is that we uh, we just consume way way too much sugar. And I'm not just talking about sugar in its sugar form, but sugar, you know, just simple carbohydrates. We com- consume far too many simple carbohydrates into our diet, which are simple sugars, which convert into sugar um, as soon as they hit the system, glucose. And it's it's that problem. And then, of course, not having sufficient minerals, that that is adding fuel to the fire, adding insult to injury. And then the casket just gets worse upon worse.
1: Well, exactly. And, of course, we talk about the balancing act of nature. I look at how foods come in their whole state, right? If we look at the sugar beet or, for instance, the sugar cane, we will find it's one of the highest sources of chromium on the planet in terms of food sources of chromium, interestingly enough. Now, why would that be? Did the Creator know something about the necessity of certain minerals when you're ingesting certain foods that have more sugars than other foods? I think so, but it's not only that. It's whole grains. But what happens if man takes out and rips the grain apart, removes it, refines it, and gives you this pure white crack cocaine version of wheat? It no longer has those minerals, and so that becomes like sugar, pure sugar for you as well.
0: That's exactly right, and you forgot to mention refortify it. Then, it's oh fort- yes, fortified with, and then they put all the they rip everything out, and then throw a couple things in there, and they call it refortified, which which I've always found very amusing.
1: Oh yeah, of course, in the forms of these things that are fortified are you you, you know I don't know iron like iron filings. Oh yes, that's what we need in our breakfast cereal.
0: Yeah, exactly, and you know. The, the more stuff we take out, um, let's forget about the, the quality or the lack of quality stuff we're putting in, but whenever we take things out, we're taking them out of their natural whole form, and it's like trying to extract one constituent off maybe 1,000, 2,000, 5,000 different constituents that we don't recognize, and it's because we think we know what's best. We try to isolate that one constituent, and and the, the truth of the matter is that many of these things work in conjunction with each other, and when not present together, may not have the same effect. So when you remove them from each other or, or take one out, it totally changes the way it works in, 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 in vivo. Mm-hmm. And so now we have a problem because we think it's this active ingredient or that active ingredient, and I think that's where the pharmaceutical industry went wrong, rather than recognizing that many of these things in their whole form are really where you get the best benefit from.
1: Well, and it's like what I, I a little bit of what I lectured on at the best answer for cancer. Uh, one of the uh, slides I talked about was the issue of biodiversity. How devastated the biodiversity of the microbiome is in in the presence of an antibiotic, versus other things like water or even the silver. And it didn't harm the biodiversity because it was the concert, the symphony of all of these minerals working in in harmony or in a balance. And man doesn't have that intelligence. I'm sorry, even the smartest PhD does not have the intelligence of the creator unless they paid attention and tried to honor it and, and, and do their best to live in accordance with it. That would be intelligent.
0: Yeah, and that, that's never going to happen because we've got the man factor in there. And that's one reason that I'm so adamant that we just remove the toxicity from the body and allow the body then to start doing the magic itself. And that's where our slogan of the power to heal is yours. It mm-hmm. really is from a physiological principle the, the soundest and the most honest thing that anybody can can uh, express, because that is how the system is created, and the body has that on innate and tells us to do what it needs to do. The problem is with all the things that we've put in the way that we that we create as obstacles. And as you say so eloquently, the symphony is disrupted because we come in there. It's like somebody playing beautiful music, and and we come in as as man thinking we know what we're doing, and somebody's like you know it's like clanging a bottle or something, and just ruins everything. <laughs> and that's that's where that's where the problem lies. We just need to stop getting in our own way and if we just get the heck out of the way, things are gonna go right back in, in place.
1: Imagine that, getting out of the way and letting creation do what creation knows to do. I mean that's brilliant. But of course, it doesn't uh feed the ego of man all that well that thinks, Oh, I can outdo the creator. I'm way smarter. And of course that's one of the greatest uh tricks that are played on the mind.
0: Yeah, that's a really true statement. And one we talk about this robert uh, man has done this consistently and then of course hundreds of years later we always remember you know how foolish we are and we remember how foolish we were then we don't seem to recognize how foolish we are currently but this is where the the uh, issue of the when you said the smartest phds unless they you know take that into consideration i think that the entire brain power that has been in existence previously, that will be existence in the future, and that is currently existence. You take all the computers and all the brain power, you put it all together. We cannot even fathom remotely how extensively brilliant and how all-encompassing the creator's design was. I mean, just think of a a machine, a self-replicating machine that is uh, consistently healing itself and gets better the more you use it. I mean, what kind of machine do we have that the more you use it, the better it gets. You know, the, the longer you use it, the more hours in the engine, the more flight hours, whatever you have tractors or cars, however they measure how old they are, and then they get junked and they get thrown away. But the, the physiological system, not just the human system, but you know, dogs, horses, everything, the more you use them, the more fit they get, the better they perform, the longer they last. I mean, it's, it's an amazing system. And then we start to muck around with it. You know, just take sugar and put sugar in a car engine, what happens to that car engine?
1: Oh, man, it goes bad fast, almost instantly.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So why, just imagine we put all this sugar into our body and we still function. Yeah, it's destroying us, but we can still (laughs) function. That's the amazing thing to me.
1: Well, that's a testament to, again, the power of creation, that it would be so resilient that you can do a lot of nasty things to it, and somehow it'll, it'll hop along, limp along for a while, and of course that becomes a very profitable uh, uh, outplay, if you will, for the medical industry, because we get to manage diseases with substances that create even more diseases. Of course, that's not what I do, that's not what you do, but that's what the system is set up to do, and this is the system that people are clamoring for and freaking out over, because Trump may have helped to usher in a modification to to Obamacare. Certainly not nearly close to what I would say is a pristine system of allowing uh, the freedom of all healers to heal as opposed to all doctors to suppress.
0: I completely agree. And this is the fallacy with with the way our system has been set up. The misinformation is propagated. And uh, the good news is that more and more people are becoming aware of this fallacy. More and more people are becoming intolerant and not Putting up with this and, and stepping outside of the box, seeking their own solutions, um, becoming more proactive, doing things that they know either intuitively or that they've researched to find that would benefit them, changing the diet, uh, you know, cleaning the water, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And this is where it, it's very, very um, empowering to see these changes occur. Just since we've been doing the radio show in the last seven years, there has been massive change yeah. in the general population. You know, the more the greater awareness. Even things like Whole Foods, when they're saying they've got organic foods, and yet they're doing genetically modified foods, and the public's not standing for it.
1: Well, exactly. And I'll be honest with you, Dr. Bittar. When I opened the show today, I talked to so many people who had vaccine-injured children and grandkids that I was like, dude, I, I just want to go to sleep for a couple hundred years, wake up when they've actually figured this thing out. But we're not giving up. We're not stopping. We got Dr. Bittar doing advanced medicine here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Check him out, D R B U T T A R D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com, linked up in the show notes at robertscadbell.com.
0: Who'd you say that masked man was? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a plane. Robert Scott Bell. Here I come to save the day. The information is so good, it requires no expiration date. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. Yeah. But say, owe the humanity. I mean, I mean Dr. Batar, I, I,
1: I mentioned coming into today's show before you were on the air. And I, I was just so, I, I, you know, a little bit emotional about it, talking to the families, grandparents talking to me about their grandkids. And I said, you know what? These kids are being vaccinated. These are vaccine induced diseases. Everyone they were laying out, and the grandparents got it. But they're all saying, my daughter, she won't listen to me about the vaccines. Right? And there was a time that the grandparents' age, believed in the vaccines, believed in the doctors, etc. And now we got the American Academy of Pediatrics declaring that no science is needed to prove that vaccines are safe because we believe they're safe and effective. That's all we need to know. Believe. Just rub a little fairy dust on them, and they're good to go. This is the kind of science we're dealing with and the kind of disaster that you've been dealing with in terms of the parents bringing their kids to you, much less adults who are vaccine-injured
0: yeah it's uh probably the greatest source of frustration for payor, for patients that have discovered the truth and then they want to tell their loved ones their yeah. family members their their you know sometimes even as close as their significant others and sometimes it causes a lot of rift I'll tell you the greatest motivation for me to write my the first book that I wrote the nine step book was mm-hmm. because of the fact that patients would get their own blood pressures up trying to explain to me why they were interested, what, you know, what they, they're trying to get their neighbor, their friend, their employer, their employee, this, that, the other. And I would tell them, that, listen, this, I appreciate your desire to want to direct them, but, you know, I'm not vested with them. You're the patient. I'm here to get you better and you get your blood pressure up and getting upset and agitated and, and aggravated because of their lack of understanding is not worth it. Just continue to do the right thing, you know, live your life well. And as Confucius said, you should preach every opportunity you get and never open your mouth. So live mm-hmm. by example, in other words. And, and this has been one of the things that I try to live my life like that. I know you will try to live your life like that. But the book was, that was the reason the motivation of the book was to get it out so now people don't have to talk about it to just hand somebody a book. And, and that actually has, uh, I think that's the reason that seven years after the book came out is still, um, you know, selling over, they say that uh, only 3% of books only sell 1,000 copies or more. 3%. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. And so, you know, we've been hitting that, we've been selling a couple thousand books every year uh, for the last seven years uh, after it became a bestseller. So I guess that's a testament to it itself, but I hope that people understand that they don't need to get themselves all agitated and uproar trying to convince others. Just live your life clean, live your life good, set the example, and, uh, and be the example.
1: Right, because if you listen to the doctors or the American Academy of Pediatrics, they still believe vaccines prevent cancer, yet they can't point to one study to back up the claim. I mean, it's just insane. These people are the claiming to have the mantle of science on their side.
0: Yeah, but, Robert, the thing is, you know, the problem with you is that you're still trying to use rationale in intellect <laughs> to argue with a brick wall. And the brick wall has no capacity to understand what it doesn't understand. You know, yeah. again, who said that? I think Confucius said or Buddha said. For those who understand, no explanation is necessary. But For those who don't understand, no explanation mm. is possible. Yes. And so, you know, it's, uh, you, can't, you can't reason with those that don't have the capacity to reason.
1: Well, and this is why uh, the IOM, which is referred to in this, and then the AAP tries to point to science, is no longer the Institute of Medicine, but it is now the Institute of Madness.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, I like the way you say that when you call it, Religious. What's the word you use? It
1: religiosity. Well, it, it, well, it, it's it's scientism and sci fientism Of course, it's the Church of pharmaceutical mysticism, vaccine denomination. A lot of different ways to relay these uh, this kind of information. I, I like all of them. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like. <laughs> You mentioned the uh, the discord among, you know, family members. One or others believe in vaccines. The others don't. They've woken up and they realize it. And I've said to folks that you have an easier time marrying outside of your religion and having a happy family with kids than you do when one spouse believes in vaccines and the other doesn't.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's a very true statement. That's a very true statement. And, you know, um, you, you should see the type of conflict that occurs when you've got family members like husbands and wives that are going through a divorce now and it's amazing you know those types of challenges i I have seen families though that are going through a divorce i've had this actually happen twice now where husband and wife going through a divorce terrible divorce but they come together based upon how they're going to treat their child and that's really refreshing to see
1: Yeah, if you put your children first, but those that are diluted into the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism will use the needles of the vaccine religion as an assault weapon against the other spouse because the courts typically side with them on that over even religious convictions against aborted fetal tissue injections. we got a lot more to discuss here on Advanced Medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show right after this.
0: The Robert Scott Bell Show. In all my years of radio, I've never seen anything like this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert Bell, Show. Scott Bell Show. Among the many cool
1: things we get to do with Dr. Bitar, you get to do... With hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, actually thousands of hours now, of uh, archives available to you. And, of course, you can go through our traditional channels through our syndicator GCN or at robertscatbell.com through SoundCloud. But also with Dr. Bittar, you want to go right to it, go to medicalrewind.com, medicalrewind.com. It'll get you there really quickly, and you'll be opened up to a whole other world of uh, healing possibilities or healing realities and we, we're only with you once a week for an hour together with Dr. Vitar. He's too busy to do more. But my goodness, the things we've covered over the years, and it never goes bad, uh, including including how to solve the health crisis. And there's an article there at Natural News that talks about it too. But, of course, many of the tips that are in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, Dr. Pitar mentioned earlier, you can get that. It's an international best-selling book as well. But I was thinking of, uh, is the... Well, pretty much the political left at this point, they, they don't know what to make of Trump. Trump is not a traditional conservative either. But the fact that he said, you know, maybe we should uh, tinker around the edges of Obamacare, that's almost too much to, to handle because they think that money pulled together, stolen from some people, given to others to cover toxic substances that don't belong in the human body, except for a short term in a crisis maybe of life and death only, is a solution for what ails us. If we had more money for more drugs, everybody would be good. Of course, if that were the case, we would have been golden already because we're already the most heavily drugged country on the planet in the United States. There's nobody that takes as many drugs, as much drugs approved by the government than Americans. So tell me how more of that is going to do better.
0: Well, Robert, you know, uh, we saw one of our friends at the conference in San Diego, Dr. Robert Rowan, who's the former editor-in-chief of Second Opinion Newsletter, which was, as I understand, uh, among the top two most popular newsletters, health newsletters, in North America. And Dr. Rowan had, when he reviewed the book, uh, he had actually written, I'm looking at one of the little things he wrote, uh, it says, the nine steps to keep the doctor away does in 352 pages, what thousands of pages in the federal health care takeover can't do. (laughs) And I, I like that because it, uh, you know, it, it really comes down to personal responsibility and people until they are aware and recognize that it's their own personal responsibility to take health care in their own hands. Uh, and as long as they put it in the hands of the government and give the government the responsibility to do that, they will miserably fail. Um, you, it's the same thing. You put your children's health in, your, in the government's hand, they will miserably fail. You put your money in. Anything that you do, you, you must... Take responsibility. You have, must recognize that you have the ultimate responsibility. And as soon as you are uh, disillusioned enough to actually hand over that responsibility, if anything that is your um, responsibility, and you hand it over to another entity, you will soon wake up to the realization that nobody is as vested in your best outcome than yourself. Right, and if that's the case, then you have to do certain things and be proactive, and, and do the things that are necessary. And some of those things include not eating the crap, um, you know, getting up off the couch and actually moving. And if you can't move, I had this, I had this, um, I had this uh, patient that had had a C three C four complete transverse fracture after a motorcycle accident. They said he'd never walk again. And this guy used to work out in the gym. You know, he'd drag one foot, swing the other foot around. He'd have to have somebody in the gym strap the weights to his arms because he had no grip, but he worked out regularly. And, you know, that's always been my thought process. Whenever I think that I can't do something because I'm injured or whatever, I remember this guy. Everybody can move to some fashion, to some extent. Even if you're a quadriplegic and you can't do anything but move your head five degrees to move to the straw, to the other stuff, then do it. Do whatever it is. Move, because we were designed to move. And just th- simple things like this, all, all the person needs to remember. Mm-hmm. And we won't have all those problems that the that, that, that all this issues with the uh, healthcare and everything. I mean, I'm I'm maybe I'm minimizing it somewhat, but the point is that if people did the right things they would never need the big mm-hmm. you know, bypass surgeries and all that other stuff. And in fact, even if you do think you need a bypass surgery, you don't need a bypass surgery. There's other options uh, that you can do and and get much better results without exactly. any side effects. Yeah.
1: Here's a great example of this as well. Uh, you got to meet Sherazade, who was with Liam Sheff, our, our good buddy, for the last couple of years of his life. And he, her, one of her sons had a severe, I, I don't know if you call it a compound break. I mean, both the, the, the tibia and the fibia were broken, solidly through. And the doctors told them, and this is their training, you'll never walk again, you'll never do your sports again, we not—we need to insert metal rods, pins, etc. And that so freaked this, this young man out that he said, Mom, I don't want to do that. I want to do something else. And he listens to the Robert Scadbell Bell show, and you know we have a connection uh, through Liam. I talked to him and his mother. We talked about utilizing certain homeopathic remedies to deal with injury and trauma. We talked about the, the role of silica as a trace mineral, how critical that is for bone growth and repair, more important than some of the macro minerals that you always hear about, calcium, right? And he got on that, and he also you know did silver to prevent any infection. And he, he's walking on it, you know, this now years later, it's been a long time since this happened, completely in the face of what the doctors knew to be true. They knew that it wouldn't be possible to do what he did. Of course, he did it. So what are you left with? You know, what do the doctors really know when they make these pronouncements? You can't recover from your heart attack unless you have open heart surgery and we remove a vein from your leg, turn it inside out and put it uh, and bypass an artery in your heart, right? What do they really know?
0: Well, that that's the ten million dollar question, and in actuality, it's only worth about a dollar because <laughs> they only know what, as you said, the Church of Mysticism has, has signed. You know, well, I don't even know how the words that you used to describe it, but it does come down to religion because they believe what the dogma they have been uh, pounded with all throughout medical school, uh, postgraduate, you know, training during the internship, during the residencies, during the fellowships. And that is all they know. And the ramifications of stepping outside of that to tell anybody—they get slapped so hard, they get spanked so badly that they come back into that box that's been created for them, and they stay there. And then there's, you know, the the, the crazy ones like, uh, you know, some some of us that that step <laughs> out and won't go back in. But the point is that it's really the system, the way it was set up, and it all comes back to the Flexner report. Mm-hmm. And the Flexner report is really what created the problems for the for the multiple millions of people that have suffered because homeopathy, as an example, I had no idea until probably about seven eight years ago that homeopathy was the staple medical methodology mm-hmm. utilized during the Civil War and prior to the Civil War. That they had other things that were that weren't you know they had like mercury uh, oh. drinks that people read uh, that the people would drink to uh, settle their stomachs and this and that, but the point is homeopathy was used and has been used for hundreds of years mm-hmm. and never hurt anybody, and now they minimize it and yeah. you know, consider it inferior.
1: Well, at the same time, those that are claiming it's in- inferior, those that still do, uh, will not acknowledge, won't look in the mirror, like even a mainstream rag like the New York Post is published today, medical studies are almost always bogus. I mean, this is a shock. On top of the the first published uh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated study, which was just published last week, now it's being challenged again because they're freaking out, absolutely freaking out, at the rate of chronic disease it reveals among the vaccinated population not found in the unvaccinated population. But they're talking about a complete reproducibility crisis in scientific so-called studies. They're not following scientific processes and they're saying they're costing taxpayers an excess of 28 billion dollars a year a year with nothing to show for it as richard harris is revealing in his book rigor mortis how sloppy science creates worthless cures crushes hope and wastes billions Is that a book Yeah, new book
0: huh. Well, you know, this is um, this is a point that I think um, even studies that were done that showed that the incidence of children in, that had autism in communities or in populations, subpopulations that did not routinely have inoculations. For example, the, um, the Amish, they were talking about the Amish people and how in the Amish people, they have been cases of autism that have been uh, uh, that have shown up in the Amish community, and the Amish people community don't have vaccinations. And so that was one of the things that was thrown in people's faces, like you know, seven cases or eight cases of autism. But then when you further investigate... All those families actually had vaccinations where one or two members of the family went behind the rest of the families back and got vaccinations. And those children that in the Amish community, it's like 100 percent lack of autism because none of those people had vaccinations. But yet the ones, the few that did have vaccinations had, I mean, they may have had, you know, maybe, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a number, 40, 50 people had vaccinations. Um, and of those those were the people that ended up showing that they had developmental delays in their, in their kids. So, and I'm not saying vaccinations are the only cause. I'm saying it's total mercury load. Vaccinations is just one component of that mercury load. But another one that people don't talk that much about is the maternal amalgam load. How many dental amalgams does the woman have when she's carrying the fetus in utero? Mm-hmm. And so the, each filling is outgassing at 5 to 9 nanograms per deciliter per tooth per day. That is a crap load of mercury. <laughs> and it's all being a hill. And so inhalation of mercury, fumes, is actually, inhalation of mercury is the most toxic way of being exposed to mercury. And, you know, the combustion of fossil fuels, all the steam plants and coal-burning um, facilities, this is all increasing the amount of mercury that people are breathing in. So on top of that, then you've got the amalgams, you've got the amount of mercury in the fish and the people are drinking in the water. And then on top of that, the final mm-hmm. straw, the final insult to injury is that vaccination, so it is yes, vacuuming the bag, but there's many other ways that people are getting mercury, and it's the additive cumulative effect of mercury that is so destructive, and that's the only substance that causes denudation of the neofiable that causes deterioration of the brain. Nothing else causes no other metal causes it to that extent.
1: and the irony here, of course, those that would try to dispute what you just said is to say, well, you'll get more mercury in a, eating a piece of fish, but when you ingest fish, through the gastrointestinal tract, as long as it's intact, there's uh, selenium there, there are other things that the microbes do in a a healthy microbiome to sequester some level of mercury to pass it on through the body, which is not happening when you inject it or inhale it.
0: Exactly. That's exactly correct. The system was designed, the natural method of the body to eliminate mercury, the system was designed to eliminate mercury through the alimentary system, through the gastrointestinal system. That's exactly right. It was not designed to now deal with mercury in in, in its organic form, adding an uh, ethyl group or a or, um, methyl group or, or a phenyl group. I mean, phenyl group, you get exposure to mercury with phenyl mercury, you, you're dead in six months.
1: Yeah. And, of course, via injection and inhalation, devastating. And yet these quack doctors doctors within the church or priests really in the church of pharmaceutical mysticism vaccination denomination how do you solve the healthcare care crisis if you don't even know how we got into the crisis and it really has little or nothing to do with money yet it has everything to do with money a monopoly on the money flowing in to an allopathic profession that doesn't want any competition rockefeller said competition is a sin but it's also deadly for you and me don't let it continue we'll talk about it more after this
0: you're listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Well,
1: it's another advanced medicine keeper. Go to MedicalRewind.com if you miss an hour with Doctor Bittar. You got loads to catch up on. And, of course, we uh, we have a good time doing it, too. Solving the health care crisis uh, one radio minute at a time each day, six days a week here. And, of course, when we get together with Dr. Batar, we ramp it up to an advanced medicine level. And, you know, we're talking about uh, the the way that, I, I guess, the, the people are clamoring for the solution to the health care crisis, but they don't know what they're asking for unless they're asking for more torture, more pain, more misery, more disease, decay, dying, death, more chemotherapy, etc. And it's you know, as I started the show today, Doctor Batar, before you joined in, I, you know, I'm not to say I was discouraged, but I was just kind of at, at a point of, you know, what? I'm just going to go to sleep for a couple of years, wake up, and then they'll be ready to hear it. But you're right too that a lot of people are waking up, and I've got to remember that it isn't about everybody; it's about each individual that wakes up. That's the most important thing. It's not that we're waking everybody up.
0: That's exactly right. You know, one, one person at a time. And how do you eat an elephant? One body at a time. And it's the same thing. More and more people are becoming aware. You know, I think that one of the messages that, um, that you've been very instrumental in um, bringing up in our discussions and, and over the last seven years, but even before we started doing radio together, I remember you talking a lot about the sustainability aspect you know how important it is to grow your own garden uh, to plant your own food and and become more self re- self-supportive and self-resilient and and get basically not necessarily getting off the grid but become creating a more of a sustainable um, practice of living and i think that, that that message alone robert is worth so much whether you, whether you can plant a garden or not, if you can't plant a garden because you're living in the city of New York, you know, they go to the rooftop and do hydroponics or what are so many different ways of doing it. And when people get to that awareness and, and actually start to, um, put the effort forward to grow their own plants and then to eat it, it, I don't know whether it's my imagination, but those plants always taste better. Oh, yeah. Even heck when yeah. I cut my own fruit. Yeah, just heck cutting yeah. my own fruit, it tastes better. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, 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 it's just, I don't know, it's, um, Maybe, maybe it's a super tentorial type thing. Maybe it's a um, getting your own hands dirty type of thing. I don't know what it is, but I have had many. Even my wife says that she finds it therapeutic to work in a garden. Even if yeah. it's just. But Even if it's not vegetables and, and fruits and she's just doing some gardening with, uh, with roses or some other plants that aren't edible, she finds it therapeutic. And, and she told me, she goes, when I put my hands in the soil, it's like a reconnection. Mm-hmm. and A recharge. I, exactly. And that's probably like an earthing type thing, you know. Yeah,
1: and, um, of, of yeah. course it, it was uh, this past Saturday. It was Naked Gardening Day. Uh, fortunately, we weren't on the air, so we spared you that. But, <laughs> but the idea is <laughs> get out there, however, in, in whatever attire you want to wear. But I always, I always, if I can, go barefoot because I, that is a connection that you just don't get if you're always on concrete. Uh, a very right. important part of this. Now, uh, I want to acknowledge uh, on Twitter. You know, I was we were talking about the AAP and its. Uh, We don't need studies to show that vaccines are safe and effective. We believe they are, right? And so uh, Kristen McCumber sent a, a nice a poster image of blind faith because thinking is hard, and it's got a picture of all the sheep in mass just kind of rolling around like a, 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 that group consciousness, that collective consciousness, which is not always necessary in your best interest because it's been programmed by someone who wants to control the herd, who's shepherding you into believing that subjecting yourself to toxic injections, including mercury and aluminum, etc., is somehow good for you. That is blind faith because if you think about it, Hmm. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to say no when everybody else is going off the cliff, but I think you'll live.
0: Yeah, and this going, the herd mentality is, is a phenomenon that I think that the powers that be count on, and they create, knowing how the herd behaves, they create situations. Um, in fact, this whole thing with the immunity, like with children that have not been vaccinated, how parents get very upset in the propaganda that told people that, hey, Because these few families aren't getting vaccinated, that's risking putting your child at risk. And yet, if you think about it from a common sense standpoint, if what you believe is true, that you are protecting your child by by vaccinating him, then why are you worried about the unprotected child? Because your child's been protected. They have the vaccine, so what are you worried about? Yet the propaganda is, you know, the logic of the propaganda, it defies logic, but it does feed the herd mentality and the fear that the herd has and, and creates that stampede that then causes people to become very upset with everybody else that's not following the herd.
1: Yeah, exactly. Of course, it's much uh, much easier to roll along with it, but, of course, it can be much more dangerous and deadly to your health. Listen, we're about out of time here, Dr. Bittar, and uh, as we continue this, this discussion of advanced medicine, even when we're off the air, I look forward to invite more of y'all to invite more of y'all to join us each and every week here to do some advanced medicine. Dr. Bittar, what do they need to know before we got to go?
0: That the power to heal is unequivocally yours. The Robert Scott Bill Scott Bill Show.